It gives me great pleasure to welcome our special guest. I happen to be blessed to be part of, of the family. And so part of the challenge for us has been all these years is looking to see um, an authentically Jewish expression of our commitment to Yeshua. After all, it doesn't need to be um, the standard issue um, I was, I'm trying to avoid getting to trouble here. Um, Protestant, white Protestant, uh, etc. Um, Yeshua certainly wasn't one. And um, the point simply is that we have wanted to have an expression of scripture that uh, brings some Jewishness into who Yeshua is, who the apostles were. And we've had one uh, for the last several years um, with the complete Jewish Bible. And that's been a wonderful start. And we want to give Dr. Uh, David Stern credit for that. Um, however, he was one, one man, one scholar. And um, what has been amazing the last few years is that God has raised the Greenbergs and those who've been working with them to come up with a Messianic Jewish translation of Scripture that is compiled by a number of scholars. And if you, when you get this, uh, when you get the uh, TLV, um, uh, the Tree of Life version, you will see in the inside cover that there's a whole mess, a whole bunch of scholars listed uh, including the lady who is just about to walk out, wave Helen, um, who participated in putting this thing together. And you've heard the old saw about when you have one Jew, you have two opinions. You have two Jews, you have three opinions. And yet, somehow, this is an act of God, folks. <laughs> it's an act of God to have all these scholars come together in agreement. God is doing a new thing. So with, with all that, uh, we want to welcome uh, Rabbi Mark and uh, Dania Greenberg, and we appreciate you guys coming. Thank you, everyone. Um, we're first. It, it's, can we get that moved a little bit? Thank you. Um, before we go any further, everyone's turn to your neighbor and say, it's present time, Rabbi. Okay, presents for you and joy. All right. As having us in, one of the things that we wanted to express to you and our gratitude is that, uh, has everyone seen these little boxes up here that may not have saw it before? Uh, this is 100 brand new TLV hardcovers for your congregation. This is our gift to you, number one. And if I can just say, there are multiple uses that some congregations have done. They've kept them as pew Bibles like put them on every other seat so everyone gets on the same page. You can then say, please turn to page 461 in your tree of life. Or well, there's some congregations have used them as visitor gifts. It's up to you. you. You all will seek the Lord and you'll do what you need to do. Amen? All right. The next thing we wanted to do is that in this whole compilation of the Tree of Life Bible, we also have 84, 85, 85 illustrations 
And the, the most prominent one for us is really the one of the Last Supper. You know, you remember the one with the 12 dudes across the table in the back? You know, well, this is not one. This is the one that has been done by our artist, Michael Washer, who did all 85. This is an offset print of, I need some help here. Do I have some ushers? Okay. I want you all to take a look at this. Suitable for framing. This is, now that's a, la, that's a Passover Last Supper. Can you say that? That is a different. And, and Rabbi, this is, this is a numbered print and uh, signed by the artist. Suitable for framing for your congregation. Thank you. Okay? This, we've got a few more, but thank you for you enjoy. We appreciate it very much. Um, I want to begin by, after giving all the presents, a little bit about our family. Because we can't, this really, what happened included our entire family. Danya and I have been congregational leaders for nearly 20 years. We founded the Messianic Congregation in Syracuse, New York. How many of you remember the Million Man March, Promise Keepers, 1997, Washington, D.C.? It was on a holiday, wasn't it? Do you remember going way back? That was our first Shabbat ser- That was our first service. It was out of Shabbat, right? That was our first service in Syracuse, and we've been going ever since. But in 2010, the Lord took me out of congregational ministry and said, what you're about to do is your mandate for your family. And I said, well, Lord, how do I take care of my family? And he opened up a door for me to go back into secular work, and I did that for four years. And we were apart for many of those four years and tried to come together. There was a lot of sacrifice involved. But at the end of all things, God, when you wonder what's happening to you and you go, why God? Anybody say that? Am I the only one? I'm the only one that's ever said it. By the way, I'm kind of an amen rabbi, just as a disclaimer. And don't mistake our passion for unbridled emotion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're very passionate people when it comes to the Lord. Don't mistake that. In fact, we want it to be infectious because God is so passionate about you, you and I need to be equally passionate about him. Okay? Having said that, Lost my train of thought. Where was I going? Okay, so this summer was an explosive summer for our family. My 21-year-old son got married. The same one, by the way, had his bar mitzvah, had Ted Pierce at the synagogue. Just so you know, we're all friends. We all know each other, and he remembers us very well. And uh, my daughter is now in uh, Bible college at the King's University in the Messianic Jewish Studies program full-time. She did that, and I have, I have our 13-year-old son. But probably more dramatic was that the Lord called me back and brought me back into congregational leadership again, and I've taken over a congregation in North Georgia. And you're saying, are there congregations in North Georgia? Yes, there are. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit different because it is, they do Southern Hebrew, But they love God. Let me tell you, they love God. I was telling somebody, I can't remember when, I, I, I went and did the bruchas over the, over the Torah just like you, y'all did. And see, y'all, I'm under Yankee rehab. <laughs> Are you catching it? Anyway, um, and they said, what did you say? 
because as a we're, we're, we're former New Yorkers. Everybody understand that? Can you say that? Yes, I'm from New York. My father's from the Bronx. And Danya's family is all from the Long Island. So, you know, that's our background. So how did you wind up in Georgia? Well, that's lots of chicken wings, but not for now. But today, today we're here, what we feel the Lord's saying to us for this congregation. We want to call you higher. We want to call you higher in your walk, in your faith. Because what God has done for us and our family is a miraculous thing. We'll get into little bits and pieces as we go through the rest of the morning together. But I have to tell you that even everybody thinks, well, if you're a kind of person or the kind of rabbi that walks in the miraculous, then it was all easy for you, wasn't it? No. When you do something great for God, it's always going to be difficult. But, do you hear the but? But God, are you ready for my life verse? Lamentations chapter 3, if you have your word with you, you can open up to that. I have my iPhone. If you have your iPad or uh, Android device, turn to your favorite Bible. Mine happens to be the Tree of Life Bible app. Yes, I am, I am unashamedly telling you about that. And this is really where we're going to begin because I'm going to attempt to have the Word of God begin to prime you. How many of you really understand that maybe you need for God to do something dramatic, something miraculous, that you need some, that we all come into this room with our own life expectations, our own struggles that we have with life, Right? Every one of us may have a different thing, but we all have something that we need the Lord to do. And some of us have been asking him and pleading with him for years, right? Am I preaching to the choir? Do I have an amen? Lamentations chapter 3, I want to start in 21. And remember what the prophet is saying. He's saying, this I recall to my heart. And therefore, I have hope. So what he's about to tell you is what he's recalling to himself. This is part of what Paul talks about, stirring up the gifts within you. We have to be, as people of God, stir up the word of God in us so that we can maintain that he is going to do what he says he's going to do. Do you know it's easy to get discouraged? I don't think you heard that. It's easy to be discouraged. But if we walk with God, then you can walk in in the kind of miraculous. And he says, verse 22, because of the mercies of Adonai, we will not be consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Every morning. And this is what I rely on with God. I said, Lord, you said, great is your faithfulness. His faithfulness is great. In other words, he's always going to be there. And I want to tell you something. Just as where the Greenberg family is, he has always been faithful to our family. Every single time, every single turn, every single time where there's zero in the bank account. God, you got to do something. And he does something. Paul said, I, I've been 
I've been, I've been in positions of having a lot, and I've been in positions of having little, and still I'm okay. That's the kind of people we need to be. So this morning, I'd just like us to agree together that whatever God wants to do in the next few minutes, next half hour, next 45 minutes, that we're going to be people that are going to be open to the spirit, the Ruach of Elohim, the Ruach of God doing something with us because we need him. Because we want, and, there, and the reason why his desire is to be able to touch us and change us so that we can be better servants, so that we can declare, you see, you and I are representatives. Yeshua in us, right? If we're not walking as a being in the likeness of Yeshua, now, what does that mean? Well, that means a lot of things. Are we more loving? Some of us need to be more loving. Are we as merciful as he is? Some of us need to have more mercy. (laughs) Are we more peaceful? Oh, here's the one that's even better. Long-suffering. Oh, did you hear the groans out of that one? (laughs) But we want to be more like him because we want to show the world. We want to show all of Denver. And yes, by the way, thank you for the warm weather. It's warmer here than in, in Atlanta. Thank you very much. We want to show the world that he really is reality. Now, I want you to know I, am to- I love the Jewish identity. Great Torah service. Amen? Amen? Love the Torah service. But if who we are doesn't reflect of who Yeshua is, then we're not doing our job entirely. We have to be in a constant pursuit of being conformed to the image of our Messiah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what we're going to do now is that we're going to talk about and stir, hopefully let the Spirit of God flow through us and allow Danya to come up because we're going to talk about how not only was this miraculous, but how this miracle is going to affect your miracle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, so would you please welcome Danya Greenberg to the podium? Thank you, Lord. I love God. I love him passionately, deeply. I, I want more than anything to please the Lord and all that, that he asks me to do. I, I'm grateful, so grateful, Chaim, for you inviting us to come and share what happened. It's just, it really is a miraculous story, and it's a joy to be able to share it with my Jewish brothers and sisters. The Lord is doing something in our community that, I'm going to see if I can keep this on. Can I? Can I get it behind my ear? Please forgive me for not being able to do this part well. I have a son who works in sound. I, am I good now? Okay. Praise God. Lord God of Israel, you are mighty to save. You raise the dead sleeping in their graves. There is absolutely nothing impossible for you. Lord God, we exalt you. We extol you. We give you all honor and praise. For you are the rock 
that is higher than I. You are the God that heals. You are the God that delivers. You are the one who sets free. You stir us up on the inside, Lord God, and birth through us miracles beyond our wildest imagination because you are God and you love us more, more than we could possibly ever love you. Lord God, you are the fullness, the fullness of the creator of the universe. We, Lord God, your children love you. And we come to you today, Lord, asking, would you please show us something new about your character today? Would you please show us something new about what you've called us to today? Will you please give us a heart of love and compassion for the people in our community? And Father, birth through us the miracle that you alone have created us for, that you created us knowing exactly what your desire was for us, your heart's desire to make us like your son Yeshua, loving and kind and gracious, full of mercy, willing to lay down our lives, Lord God, for the people that we love. So Lord, we declare our love for the Messianic community. Lord, I love my family. This is the family I got saved in, and I love every one of them. Lord, I pray that the leaders of our community, Lord God, might be strengthened and encouraged, Lord God, that you might embolden them and impassion them, Lord God. The Father, the things that the enemy would cause, Lord God, for destruction, Lord God, you would turn for good, that you would build us up, Lord God, and give us the great mercy that we need to bring forth the message of Messiah to a lost and dying world. We thank you and bless you in Yeshua's name. I have the supreme joy and honor of being the president of the Messianic Jewish Family Bible Society. Boy, that's a mouthful, right? That sounds like a really big job, doesn't it? Well, what it basically is, is I'm just a mom. And what I wanted was a Bible for our children. I had written a children's curriculum, and it got, ended up getting used in, in over 80 congregations in like the first two years. And then I wrote another two years of it, and, and it really was, my goal was, I just wanted to do like a bulletin, like you get at Denny's, so that when kids came into services, while we're all like lost in worship, and the kids are sitting there going, I don't know what I'm doing here for 40 minutes, that we would give them something to focus on. Just something to keep them busy so that they would, so that the presence of God could permeate. Because you realize that you can be in the room, but not in the room? Hello! Do you know why we worship and dance in Messianic Judaism and it's so cool? Because it short circuits your brain. Because it's not possible for you to sing and dance and worship and think about your grocery list. You get lost in the presence of God. And we come here for a corporate presence of God. That's our goal, right? So when we come and worship with one another and, and praise the Lord, I really wanted our kids, when they walked in, the adults get a bulletin. We keep the adults' minds busy when they first walk in. We don't think about our kids. So that's, that's the way I thought years ago. I'm a little bit more gracious now, I hope. But that zeal and that passion is what started the Bible Project because I got this little nest egg from my grandmother for an inheritance, and I asked the Lord, you know, what he wanted me to do, and I said, I, and when he gave me the idea for the Golden Apples Children's Curriculum, he gave me a promise. He said, I am your shield, your very great reward. I am your shield, your very great reward. And he told me that if I did what I was supposed to before the Lord, that if I would go forward with it, that the number of children, the number of children that would be touched would be more than the number of stars I could see in the sky. That's what he told me. And so now, <laughs> I can literally say that since that time seven years ago, I, the children's curriculum ended up being 
a way that I got to meet all these different rabbis and all these different ministries around the country. And in doing that, when I stay in the spirit, I'm safer, but I don't stand still. So I, I really, really want you to, to see what God is about to do because the miracle, my miracle is not for me. It's for you. God uses and makes our lives a sign and a wonder. And I'm going to show you scripturally how to follow that path. But let me give you the, this, this testimony first. So from, the, from the doing this program for the children, then it went to um, asking these. So I, so I said, okay, God, they, we, we need a Bible for our kids. The complete Jewish Bible is not written in the children's level. So we, I realized that our kids were not, were, children do not transpose Jesus to Yeshua and Christ to Messiah. They read, if you put a Bible in, its child, in a small child's hands, they will read what's in front of them. We as adults, it didn't even occur to us after 20 years in ministry that we were speaking Yeshua from the Bima, but our children were reading Jesus Christ in their Bibles. There had to be something done. And so I got to be in my bonnet about it. And I said, okay, God, we're going to do this thing. We need a children's Bible. So I started going from one part of the movement to the other. And listen, I'm, I'm just a, I was just a rabbi's wife. I don't have a PhD. I, I, I don't have the credentials to make a Bible. But I knew that we needed one. And God said he was going to do it. So as I went to each of these organizations, one by one, I asked him for three things. I said, I need a check for $5,000. I need you to take a place on our board of directors. And I need you to give us a theologian. And within six months, 15 organizations, 15 organizations that weren't talking to each other seven, six years ago, started giving. And in the span of five years, we went from doing a children's Bible, where all we wanted to do was change the words, Jesus Christ to Messiah Yeshua, and we wanted to restore the Jewish book order. That's all I wanted. I would have done anything to just have that one thing. If any publisher had agreed, we'd have ha- it, this project wouldn't have happened. But instead, we created from scratch a brand new vetted translation by Messianic Jewish believers in Messiah and their Christian brethren at a PhD level in five years and raised almost a million dollars. God, 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 God. People that wouldn't come together to work together because they all have their own agendas all decided to come to the same bar mitzvah because we knew our kids needed a Bible. If you believe that the Messianic movement, that what you see now is, is, is as far as we're going to go before Messiah returns, I got news for you. I got news for you. While you're watching all this stuff happen in the world, remember that the enemy is not able to create anything. He's a destroyer and not a creator. Our God is the creator. He's the creator of the universe. And the end of the book, the end of the chapter, has not yet been written. We haven't seen acts now, today the way it used to be, but we're going to see it before the end. We are going to see signs and wonders. The men who started this movement, who've literally given their lives, given everything to bring this vision to pass. If you believe that, that this is all there is, I got news for you. We have a generation of young people that have been raised in this movement, a generation of them, young leaders like your associate rabbi here, young leaders who've been trained for the next leg of the journey, and they're not ready to give up and to quit. 
They are ready now. My son is ready now to do something great for God. He's not sitting around waiting for the end. The world is telling you the end is near. I got news for you. God knows exactly why he's got you here and you were born for such a time as this. There's nothing impossible for him and there's so much more that he's going to do. We're not gathering here just to wait till it's all over. Let's just all huddle. We're not here for that purpose. We're here for the greatness of God to flow through you. The greatness of the purpose that he's given you inside you. Because miracles don't come from you. They come through you. Like when you birth a baby, it comes through you. Women understand this. I don't know why God chose a woman to start this project. I'm thinking because maybe we women understand what it takes to let go. And let God take it the rest of the way. God's going to take this translation the rest of the way. God's going to do it. When, when you begin to think about the great, amazing grace of God that brought this project together, you say to yourself, why? Why do we need another Bible? Because the hippies that started this movement have become PhDs. And we've got a generation who we've been telling for 40 years that this is it. God has a plan. Oh, yeah, but, but just, just, just wait. You know, he's going to tarry a little while longer. There's a plan for today. There's a plan for you today. There's a plan for our children and our children's children. If you really are fatalistic about this whole thing, why would you bother having your children get married and have grandchildren? Why would you want that if you thought there was no hope? But there's hope. There's hope in the Messianic community. There's hope in the world through the Messianic community. God is using our community to birth a brand new thing. Now, the things that you hoped for and prayed for, claim they're happening now. In your lifetime, they're happening. In your lifetime, they're happening. I can't get over how excited I am about what God's doing because remember when I mentioned that the enemy's a liar? Let me tell you what he does. He distracts you. Do you realize that magic tricks only work because you're looking at the wrong thing? Hello? Let's try that one one more time. Stop focusing on the bad report and start focusing on the good report and the good news. And the good news is while everybody's freaking out about everything that's happening, the Jewish people, for the first time in history since the resurrection of Messiah, have reached a level of scholarship where they're carrying the ark again. Is that like the greatest miracle? I'm like so shocked that it's God. Okay, so Chaim, God bless you. This is a copy from Rabbi and I. This is the soft cover version. We brought, I don't know, we brought a, a couple of small boxes with us. This is soft. We made it with a soft cover so that preachers would preach out of it, so that they would carry it around. These hardcover ones, I'm going to now, I'm going to take about 10 minutes to teach you how God does miracles because it's going to change how you see God wants to do, what God wants to do in your life. So I'm about to, I'm about to open the Bibles. Everybody got a Bible? Because if everybody doesn't have a Bible, would it be okay, Chaim, if they grabbed these? Would that be okay? If anybody, now you can't keep them. These ones you have to leave on your chair because they belong to the congregation. But do you guys want one of these Bibles to look at while we study out of it? Because it might be fun. (laughs) 
You've got to take a look at the wording in this Bible. Now, if you want to purchase one afterwards, we can do that. But this, these, these are for the congregation. This is so much fun. You know how cool it will be when your rabbi says, Move to, uh, turn to page 70, 777. You all just turn to the page. Wouldn't that be cool? Are we good? While you're looking at these, let me tell you a couple of cool statistics. If you want the TLV on your phone, you've everybody here, does anybody here have an iPhone? How many people have iPhones? If you go to your app store, the TLV is for free. It's free, the whole text on your phone. If, you get your, if you're on iPhone, if you have a droid or you don't have an iPhone, then you can get it at tlvbible.com, tlvbible.com. And you can load it onto your phone so you can read your scripture right along with us at tlvbible.com. And you can look at, yes? It's on the iPhone right now. It's not on Droid yet. We haven't raised the money for that yet, but we're on our way. You can get it on your computer, yes, at tlvbible.com. tlvbible.com. You can come get information about it after the service. tlvbible.com. Now, the other thing I want to mention is yesterday we just found out that we are on Logos. Did you hear how cool that is? You know what Logos is? Does everybody know what Logos is? Logos is, oh, actually, I should have Elaine describe it to you. It's the premier, the premier software for scholars and Bible scholars today. Of course, there's also Accordance. We're talking with them. We're going to be on eSword. We're already on version. We've had the New Covenant on version for a year and a half. Five million people in a year and a half opened up the Tree of Life Bible in over 190 countries in, a, in, in less than a year and a half. We are going to change the world by bringing a more Hebraic lens back to the Word of God. Yes? So now this is the cool part. If you load this thing on your phone and you don't happen to have your Bible with you, anywhere you go, now watch me now, anywhere you go, you can take out your phone and share scripture with people that you meet. And you can actually follow the U version. It'll take you all the way to our website. And you can actually show people that this is a translation that's for the grafted and the chosen. Yes. So you can start to share about your synagogue when people look at it and go, oh, it's kind of cool. I guess they'll load it free on their phones. And then they'll say, well, you know, if you want to, like, hear teaching from this Bible, you should come to our synagogue. This is, this is where we study about Yeshua the Messiah all the time. Like, you literally have a business card in a Bible that you can give away to somebody else on their phone for free. Do you know that you can revolutionize your congregation by sharing the word of God with people? You can share it, tweet it, text it. And you can show people who Yeshua is for the first time. Isn't that the coolest thing? Anyway. All right. I think it's, I think it's fun. All right. So here's where I want to start about miracles. Miracles, this is the ministry part. And then my husband, God willing, will minister. And we will wrap up the service. Miracles come through you. They're not of you. Right? When God, who here has been given a vision or a dream from God? Something that God's told them they know they have to do. God's, God's shared with you something that is your vision, your, your, your mandate from God. Right? When God, when God tells you, however it is that he speaks to you out loud or quietly, 
when he speaks to you, it changes something in the way that you interact with God. You have an expectation that God is going to do something through you or with you, and yet you're in the position of needing to wait for him to do it. Right? In other words, God doesn't say something and then like four minutes later it happens and everything's glorious and awesome. I mean, if it does, let me know how that works out for you. But for the rest of us, <laughs> it's usually God will give us a vision or a dream and then we have to wait on the Lord for him to perform it. And waiting for God to do what he says he's going to do in your life is where we usually mess it up. Waiting on the Lord is a grace and a skill. It's something that God gives you, but it's also something that you learn by being faithful. So I want to give you a share, share a little story about somebody that was given a dream, right? And that dream they had to carry like you carry a baby, okay? So we're going to start. Why don't you open up to page 906? Isn't it cool that when you turn up to page 906, you're going to see the end of Chronicles and the beginning of Matthew. Isn't that awesome? There's no page there that says New Testament because it's one book. Isn't that rock? Okay, so. <clears throat> but what most people don't understand is that when you put the books back in the Jewish order, the Christian order of the books is to end in Malachi. You know, I will, right? I will return the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers or else I'll strike the earth with total destruction. What a horrible place to lead Jewish people. That's like the worst way to end the Bible for Jewish people. Who would want to turn to the new covenant if that's the end of the story? But if you turn it to the Jewish story where you follow it to the end of Chronicles, look at where you leave Jewish people before the coming of Messiah. I love this verse. Go down to 3623. Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, Adonai, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever among you of all his people may go up and may Adonai, his God, be with him. Man, that's a good report. So when you meet a Jewish person, right, and you say to yourself, you know, we're going to the mountain of the Lord. Come on. That's where the end of the Jewish Bible is. That's a happier ending. Let's all go up to the mountain of God together. Well, if you go on to the next page, it says, The book of the genealogy of Yeshua HaMashiach, Ben David, Ben Avraham, Abraham fathered Isaac, Isaac fathered Jacob, Jacob fathered Judah, and the story goes on to the end of, to the miraculous birth of Yeshua and this wonderful verse. Now, the, in verse 18, Now the birth of Yeshua the Messiah happened this way, and it talks about his mother Miriam had been engaged to Joseph, but they had, yet, had not yet been together when she was found to be pregnant through the Ruach HaKodesh. If you go down to verse 20, this is the first, now listen, in the, in the first book, Matthew, of the, of, the New, of the New Testament, we're talking about he got a message from an angel. So Joseph evidently was told something by God. Are you with me? So what he was told by God was, and while he considered, well, so he agreed to, to Dismiss her secretly, right? He didn't want to disgrace her publicly. But while he considered these things, behold, an angel of Adonai appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Miriam as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Ruach HaKodesh. Now, realize that this is the beginning of the New Testament, but it's not the first one of them that was written. The first one, I believe, was Mark. 
But this is the first one that's listed in the canon, in the canon of scripture. So what I find fascinating is that it starts with this guy has a dream, right? Has a, has a, a, vis- a visitation. And at the end of that paragraph, it says, it says that he, but he did not know her intimately until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Yeshua. Now, it doesn't say a whole lot else about Joseph. It doesn't say that he went to the town square and said, Oi, I've heard from God, I, this poor woman, I'm going to, I'll just I'll do the right thing. He quietly listened to God and did what God asked. That's, that's one way to respond to God speaking to you. Now let's go to Luke. Jump over to Luke with me because I want to contrast a few things. Now, before this ever happened, before the baby was born and before the baby came, God showed himself in three visitations. And what I mean by showed himself is he spoke to mankind through an angel. That's what I mean by that. I don't mean, I don't mean literally. There's a prophecy to the barren, and then there's a prophecy to a virgin. Now, we talk all the time about the fact that it was a, it was a virgin birth and that and that an angel appeared to Miriam. Most people know that story. Most Christians know that story, right? Most Christians don't know the story before the story, how it actually happened, why she actually would believe, why Joseph would believe. So it starts with Joseph believed. But we've got to go back to the beginning of the story. In the beginning of the story, let's start in, in verse 6, chapter 1, verse 6. Actually, let's start in five. In the days of Herod, kings of Judah, there was a Kohen, a priest named Zechariah from the priestly division of Abijah. Elizabeth, his wife, was from the daughters of Aaron. Together they were righteous before Adonai, walking without fault in all his commandments and instructions. But they were childless because Elizabeth was barren, and both of them were elder- elderly. Now it happened to be Zechariah's time to serve as Kohen before Adonai in the order of his division. So this priest is doing his priestly duties. His wife has not had a child, and he goes to do his priestly duties, and you jump down now to verse 11. An angel of Adonai appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Zechariah was in turmoil when he saw the angel, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will give birth to your son. How many people, like, think about this. This guy's in the temple and gets a visitation from an angel. You'd think if you were expecting to hear from God about a prayer, that would be the place to hear it. Would you think? Do you think there's something unique about the prayers that you make when you come here? Do you think that when you come and you stand in awe and you stand before God and you ask him in prayer in a corporate setting, do you think that you're somehow closer to God? How many people have asked for things in this sanctuary and God has answered their prayers? There is something about the corporate, sacred presence of God. This man was called as a Kohen to stand before the altar, and God spoke to him there through an angel, and he was terrified. And God answered a prayer. We have no idea when the prayer came, but I'm betting because they were elderly, it wasn't the first time he prayed it. It probably is something he'd prayed about for quite a while. Would you give me that one, Rabbi? Do you think he probably prayed about it a little earlier than at that point? couple of days. Let's give it a couple days. The point is God showed up and God can show up and answer your prayer two days after you make it or 20 years after you make it. But God does answer prayer. 
he does answer the prayers of the righteous. And when he answers, you not, might not be ready for the answer. And one of the reasons that I can kind of surmise that he might have asked for the prayer a lot earlier in his life is because when he found out, he was terrified. Can you imagine? This guy's elderly, and his wife is elderly, and she hasn't had baby. And now, really, God, now you're going to answer? Now's a good time? So he was terrified, right? Realize that if that is your response to God, God has to give you a sign to keep you moving forward. Do you understand that? He was waiting and expecting and waiting and expecting. And maybe at that time he had waited and expected for so long he wasn't even willing to ask anymore, but that's when God chose to answer it. Paying attention to the timing, let's go to the next part of the story. Now, his reaction to the visitation was great fear and great turmoil. If you move on, it says in 18, he says, Zechariah said to the angel, how will I know this for certain? I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in age. So clearly he's not super excited about the idea of having a baby. He's like, how is this going to happen? Well, God's answer is that he's going to show him a sign. And the sign is, so look, you will be silent and powerless to speak until these, the day these things happen, since you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. When God speaks, do not answer with fear and hesitation. So now his sign, right? Now he can't speak. He goes back, and this is, we, we, we move on to this. It says, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered about his long delay in the holy place, but when he came out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized he had seen a vision in the holy place. He was making signs to them, but remained mute. When the days of his priestly service had been completed, he went home. And after these days, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and hid herself for five months, saying, Adonai has done this for me. In these days, he looked upon me to take away my disgrace from among the people. Here's the thing. Now, remember, when Joseph heard from God, he obeyed, didn't tell anybody, didn't make a big splash. Zechariah gets his prayer answered. He doesn't know how he, he says, I need a sign. Well, great, the sign is you won't be able to talk about it. Zip. And then he's silent, and he goes home, can't tell his wife what happens. She ends up pregnant, and her response to his sign is belief, but she hides herself. So is she proclaiming at this point? No, 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 no. Because she's hoping, oh gosh, could it be? Could it be that my prayers are answered? So his sign, right, becomes her sign. Now watch. It gets more fun. Then in the sixth month, an angel Gabriel was sent by Adonai into a town in the Galilee called Nazareth and to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Miriam. And coming to her, the angel said, Shalom, favored one, Adonai is with you. But at the message, underline this, but at the message, she was perplexed. Now I have news for you. Perplexed is okay with God. You're allowed to be perplexed. If God speaks to you, being perplexed is okay. Perplexed means I don't know what to do with this. That's very different than, how will I know? Show me a sign. Your journey toward your miracle is only as long as you make it. So now Miriam's, she's perplexed. So this time she says almost the same thing, but her heart is in a different place than Zachariah's, right? So it says, 
The angel spoke to her, do not be afraid, Miriam, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you'll become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua. He'll be great and will be called Ben Elyon. Adonai Elohim will give him the throne of David, his father. He shall reign over the house of Jacob for all eternity, and his kingdom will be without end. And Miriam said to the angel, how can this be, since I'm not intimate with a man? It doesn't say anywhere there that she got terribly frightened and said, I need a sign. She just said, how am I going to know? Are you ready to say that to God? When God tells you to do something, don't say, oh my gosh, no. It's not the right time. Uh, show me a sign. Show me a sign. Don't do that. When God says he's going to do something great in your life, just go, okay, God. How are we going to do that? That's an okay answer. There's a better one, but that's an okay answer. How will I know? And God says, this is what, this is what, the, this is what the angel says to her. And responding, the angel said to her, the Ruach HaKodesh will come upon you, and the power of Elyon will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One being born will be called Ben Elohim, that's the Son of God. Behold, even your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age. The one who is called barren is six months pregnant, for nothing will be impossible with God. So Miriam says, behold, the servant of Adonai, let it be done according to me, according to your word. When God says he's going to do something, it's okay to say, how are you going to do this? But once God says how he's going to do it and how he's going to encourage you, say, let it be done to me. Use me, God. Do what it is that you want to do through me because I know you want to do something awesome. When that is your response, you will see God birthings through you that will blow your mind. You will see families saved. You will see people healed. You will see the, the doors of this synagogue burst forth with people when you believe that God can use you. Pray yes, but believe yes. Believe even more than you pray. You know, we pray and pray and pray, but don't believe. How about believe, 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 and pray? Believe, 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 and pray. So now it comes to this part, which I love. This is the part that I just love. Now in those days, Miriam got up and quickly traveled to the hill country. By the way, does it say anywhere in the word of God how Miriam's family felt about her being pregnant? Uh, you really wouldn't want to. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it was like for her? God had put, God, listen, when God's spirit hovers over you, he births things within you. When he hovers, his spirit hovers over you. He plants things in your spirit that he wants to give birth to. But while you're pregnant, you got to look for the person around you that's already carrying their miracle. Do you hear what I said? Look for the person who's carrying their miracle. Because that person will rejoice with you. That person will believe God with you. And this is the part that I love. Because now in those days she got up, Miriam got up, quickly traveled into the hill country to a town in Judah. She entered Zechariah's home and happily greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Miriam's greeting, the unborn child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was completely filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. Then she cried out with a great shout, saying, You are blessed among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Who am I that the mother of my master should come to me? For even when I just heard the sound of your greeting in my ear, the unborn child leaped with joy in my womb. Blessed is she who trusted that there would be a fulfillment of those things spoken to her by Adonai. When you find somebody who's showing, their miracle's showing, their miracle's showing. I got news for you. Our miracle, that's why I'm here today. Our miracle's showing. Our miracle's showing. It's not all here yet. The family Bible with all the pictures is, is still a while away. 
and we're going to see family revival in our land. And we're going to see a Bible for our children one day. I believe that too. We've got a long way to go. But right now I'm telling you, we're showing. And I believe that those of you who aren't showing yet have something in you that God's given you. And I want you to know that I'm going to give you the same response that women of God gave me in this project. I rejoice with you. I rejoice with this congregation. I rejoice with you, Chaim. I rejoice because God has put something in you that is yet to be birthed. Yet to be birthed. I rejoice with you. And now here's the key for your miracle. Want it? Because here it is. When Miriam saw the one with, she didn't wait till her miracle came to praise God. She praised and exalted God before she ever was able to show anybody what God promised her. She rejoiced in that moment. She rejoiced now. I rejoice with you now. You have a vision now. And I'm telling you, it's so close. It's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. And we're going to rejoice over that dream in you today. Because if you don't leave with any other piece of information about our project, this is a divine move of God's hand. There is no way it could have been anything but God. There were no resources. There was no unity. There was no text. There was no, there was nothing. We have seen a miracle birthed among us. Now I want to believe for yours. Lord God of Israel, you are mighty to save. God of Israel, you are great and mighty and awesome. You are so powerful to save. Father, we lift up this beautiful community that loves you. They love you so much, God. They want so much to do your will. We rejoice, Lord God, in the miracles you are going to birth in the people in this room. Lord, we thank you for the Messianic community, Lord God, that has given their lives to see the message of Yeshua born and proclaimed freely throughout America. This is a good time to give thanks to the Lord. The short version is that we persevere because the Lord perseveres with us. Amen. We hang in there. Because the Lord hang, hangs in there with us. We give him all the praise and all the glory. Let's give thanks for the cup. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Bore pri Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. Amen. Let's give thanks for the challah. Let's give thanks to the Lord for the challah. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Hamotzi lechem min haaretz Amen
Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Yeshua's name, who is the bread of life. Amen. I want to thank you, Mark and Danya, for this word of exhortation. I receive it, and I trust that everybody who has been listening today will receive it as well, that as God has been speaking to you, as the Ruach HaKodesh has been stirring you, that you will respond. I trust that you have responded, and if you have not let me encourage you today, tomorrow, to say yes to the Lord. Not to dwell in your own weaknesses or your own perceived strength, but in His strength, in His plans and purposes for you, and that you would operate by the power of the Spirit with a heart of courage and do all that God has called you to do. With holy Chutzpah, holy boldness. Receive the ironic benediction. Yevarechach Adonai Veishmerecha Yair Adonai Panavelecha Veichunecha Yisa Adonai Panavelecha Viasem Lecha Shalom Beshem Yeshua Hamashiach Saha Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his shalom, his peace and his wholeness. In the name of Yeshua, the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.